0: Time ever in a comedy club, I won fifty dollars. I only went on a dare. I cried all the way from the comedy club to my house. The girl I was with named Gladys Jacob said, "Why are you crying? It ain't for fifty dollars." I said, "No, you don't understand. I was born tonight." But well, I've been asking God my whole life, what, "What's my purpose? I need to find something that I do." I won fifty dollars, first time in a comedy club. I went to work the next day, October 9th, and quit my job with $50 in my pocket. Married, twins, $50. My ex-wife said, you can't do that. That's foolishness. Her mother told me, you're not even funny. My mother told me, boy, you don't do stuff like that. You work like your daddy and your brothers. I said, no, mama, this is what I was born to do. And my mother was saved and, you know, Sunday school teacher, so I believed everything my mama told me. But this one time I said, Mama, I got to go try this. I said, this is it for me. I said, if I don't do this, what I'm going to do? She said, you're going to work like your daddy did. Your daddy worked hard. I said, okay, well, I just work hard. But I'm going I'm to go be something. The only person in my family that believed in me was my father. He said, boy, if you think you can make it, go ahead. Now, if you need some help, I'll give you a hundred and ninety. And I've done nothing since that day except tell jokes. Now, I got in a lot of trouble. By the time I was 30, I was homeless. Because the first year in comedy, I only made $3,500. The next year, I made $5,000. The third year in comedy, I made $6,800. You get homeless real fast. So I was trying to make my little money and send it to my wife and kids, but it wasn't enough. So I would just keep $25, enough to stay out there and get to the next gig. And, uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't work for me for three years. I lived in my car. You have to take chances in life. You know, if you want your life to be something special, you eventually have to take a chance. You can't do normal things and expect extraordinary results. It doesn't work that way. You have to take an exceptional chance one time. And it's going to cost you something that you care deeply about. Bishop Jakes told me one time, he said, in order to get to the next level in life, you can see where you want to go, but it's a glass ceiling. The reason you can see it is because it's a glass ceiling. In order to break through a glass ceiling, you're going to have to shatter the glass. Anytime you shatter the glass, it's going to be bloodshed. And the blood that you shed is going to be something that you care deeply about. So if you are not willing to shed something you care deeply about, you cannot go to the next level. Most people let their family keep them from going to the next level. Some people, your friends. Some people, it's your job, your position keeps you from going to the next level. But if you go to work every day and you ain't happy, if you don't wake up overjoyed to go to work, that ain't no life, man. You got the wrong job. And you know why you got the wrong job? Because you ain't living in your gift. You only find peace and happiness when you live in your gift, the thing God created you to be. If you don't ever do what God created you to be, man, you'll never be content. You'll be miserable. All the time I was miserable for 27 years, misery. Couldn't figure it out until I won that money. I won $50. Just 50 which changed my whole life. I made a lot more since that 50 but guess what? I still I still tell jokes. It's all these is is jokes. I won't be nothing else. I won't be funny. That's the deal, ain't it? If you hire me, you gonna get these jokes, cause that's my gift. I'm what you want me to do. They hired me to speak at this uh, insurance company one time. All these big wigs sitting there. You know? So I started telling jokes. The audience was dying laughing. This guy came up to me and said, "I hired you as a motivational speaker." I said, "That's what I do." Well, what's the laughing for? I said, because it holds people's attention. I said, go ask everybody what they got out of my message today. It ain't going to be the jokes. It's going to be something I told you. But you know, you got people that they don't, they don't want to hear that, but that's my gift. And if you live in your gift, you'll find your completeness. Until you fight, live in your gift, you cannot be complete. When God created you, he gave you all a gift. All of you in here are gifted. You are gifted people. What is your gift? Your gift is the thing that you do the absolute best with the least amount of effort. Once you identify that, your life changes. God takes you to new heights. You find peace. You find joy. You, you wake up in the morning. You can't wait to go to work. If you're waking up in the morning and, and you hate going to work, it's because you ain't living in your gift. I don't even have an alarm. I wake up every day ready to go to work because guess what I'm gonna go tell these jokes they're gonna give me this check i'm look what i'm doing I'm, I'm, I'm look that that is available to you though that God that created you has that same thing available to you every last one of you I bet he do I dare you to try it. I dare you. But I met men that were like heroes to me. When I met Richard Pryor at the ABC Comedy Awards in 96, I was standing right in front of him at this table, and um, this lady said, Steve, do you know who you're standing in front of? I said, no. She said, turn around. I turned around to Richard Pryor. I bent over, I shook his hand. He said, I heard a lot about you. Flynn told me, you're pretty funny. And it's Richard pride I couldn't even talk. I said, I love you, man. Thank you, because he was the whole reason I got into comedy, you know. I got through talking with him. You know, the, the ABC Comedy Awards was in this huge hangar they had decorated. I went behind the bar, I cried for 20 minutes. I couldn't even, Richard pride then this girl came back there and saw me and got me and said, Richard wants you to call him sometime. I went to my seat and started, started calling that number from my seat. I got Richard Price phone number, and I ended up forming a friendship with him before he died. He used to go by his house, play dominoes with him. That was the moment when I met Muhammad Ali. That crushed me. Cried again. I ain't when I meet people that really matter to me, you know. met met Mike Tyson one time and just was scared. (laughs) Wasn't a hero of mine and then I was just scared of him. Well, same advice I give to my kids, man. If I could get them to understand the importance of their 20s. Because, man, you know what I did? I just blew my 20s. I ended up spending all of my 30s fixing what I messed up in my 30s. I spent all of my forties doing what I could have been doing in my thirties. I looked up, man, I had let too much time slip away. If you could get young people to get their foot on the gas pedal in their twenties, because right now they think going out is everything. And I keep telling them, man, you're gonna get, you're gonna outgrow that in a minute. Cause you know, like at this age, it's when somebody says, hey, we're gonna go out to a club tonight. <laughs> what? Go out to a club. You kidding? It don't make no sense to you now. Because you're over that. But it takes a minute for them to understand that. It, That's sad. I wish they'd get it. But it was, I wasn't clubbing in my 20s. I just. I didn't, I didn't know how to make a vision board. I didn't, I didn't know how to. What really changed my life, man, was I started. I got in Amway when I was about 24. I got in Amway. And that changed my life, man, because the first time ever, they introduced me to self-help books. And I read two books that changed my life. It was uh, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale and The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. I read them books and it changed my life. But it also made me remember what my mother had taught me because she was a Sunday school teacher. Because all self-help books are Bible-based. There's nothing... Everything comes from the Bible. All of them all of self-help books, that's Proverbs. That's all it is. It's the book of wisdom and understanding. If you, if you could read that, it would change your life too. But sometimes you need you know, regular books where you can relate to it differently. But it all comes from the Bible. It's like a great book is the secret. But if you read the secret, it's all Bible-versed. I mean, it's just bi- based on the Bible. You can't think of nothing new, how to tell a person to succeed without the Bible. You can't. It doesn't work that way, you know, so. A couple of books changed my life, man. But the magic of thinking big was huge for me. It just taught me one simple principle. It don't cost no more energy to think big than it does small. You can say Volkswagen and you can say Rolls Royce with the same amount of effort. You ain't got the grunt to say Rolls Royce. So if the Bible is true, what you say is a man is as he thinking. If you think poor thoughts, you got to be poor. The moment you change that thought into wealth and riches, you start the process to becoming or rich. It's, it's, it's not a magic trick. It's, I mean, it's really how it works. I, you know, people complicate it. You got to do this and you got to do that. But Bible's pretty plain. Ain't got no loopholes and Really don't. It's just real simple. It say what it saying. All you got to do is believe he's talking to you. <laughs> That's what it is. Most people don't think that God is talking to them, that I come to give you life and give you life more abundantly. You don't think he's talking to you? He'll give you life more abundantly. He do. He really will. You ain't got to be rich to have an abundant life. Sometimes you just need to be healthy, happy. You know, you could be really happy, man, making $70,000 a year. You really, really can. You don't need a few million. I did, but you didn't need a few. <laughs> it helped me a little bit. But to be honest, it didn't make me happy. It really didn't. And to you, well, need God to be happy. So I ain't no, I ain't no preacher, So We got ministers in the rooms. So I'm just telling y'all from a hood perspective what I did to get here. You can go to church and here or take it from a dude to come out the bottom Thank God, Ain't gonna pass no off the trail. I don't really care. If you don't believe me, you ain't got to. But I made it. Don't ever give up. I don't care how dark it seemed for you. Don't ever give up. Don't ever stop believing. And I know sometimes that's difficult because it seems like man, it ain't going right at all. I was reading a book T D. Jakes has out. It's called Hope for Every Moment. It's like one of those, you see seen those daily thought books, it's inspirational thoughts for every day of the year is what it is. My daughters actually gave it to me for my birthday because they've seen me change as a person over the years. I'm not guessing this, they've actually written it to me. And so they really do appreciate the change of me just becoming a better person, you know, because when you become a better person, you become a better person not only for yourself, but a lot of people are affected by you being a better person. Your children are affected, your wife is affected, your co-workers are affected, a lot of your friends are affected, your neighbors get affected. But when you become a better person or start to make that change, it affects a lot of people. The biggest benefit of it all will probably be you. I know I've benefited the most. There are so many auxiliary benefits of just being a better person. And, and I, I've stopped saying trying to be a better person because I just got to go about the business of getting better. Now, doesn't mean that I'm mistake free. That's not what that is. And it doesn't mean I don't still need encouragement and I won't fall and make a lot more mistakes because I will. But I find man in these books that they give me, I find so many inspirational things. And this morning when I decided to say to everybody, don't ever give up because I know how difficult it can be. Because I do understand, man, that we will all face moments and challenges in our life that's going to require us to just hold on. I wanted to encourage everybody. In this book I read, it says, uh, well, it didn't say it, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing it now. If you ever felt like you can't find him nowhere, I mean, you ever been in a hole so dark and a situation so bad, you just felt like, man, I just, I just can't find him nowhere. Or I can't find him where I thought he would be. I've actually felt that before. And I was thinking, man, well, okay, Steve, well, maybe a lot of people have been feeling that wind. Maybe you ought to share your experience with them. And that's what I'm doing today, you know. Maybe you've told yourself that the storm going to be over soon. See, this is the one that I used to do. I used to say, man, the storm going to be over soon. And then the sun came out, and then it just left. Okay, hold on. Then the sun came out, and then it just left. And then the rains just keep coming. I, sometimes man, you just go, wow. And it almost feels like God then missed his appointment. Okay. See, this is why I used to really get in trouble. I used to think, man, okay, is he not listening to me? Does he not hear me? Because I'm, I'm not only calling, I'm actually crying. I'm crying out and, and I want this to be fixed now. You know, I used to think, okay, man, I've been praying about this. I've been going through this. Okay. I done said I give. I done already said I get the message. I have done said I get the point, man, I was wrong. Do I have to keep getting beat like this? Ain't I paid enough for my wrong decision? I used to just think like that. I think he'd have moved on it by now. But what I want y'all to remember is that, and this is what I read in this book. In the book it said that God doesn't synchronize his clock by your little mortal watch. God don't synchronize his clock by your little watch you got on your wrist. God is in control of this whole thing. He does not move in a timely basis according to what you got to have. Now, he going to fix it for you. He going to get it together for you. But it's in his time because he doing a whole lot of shaping and moving. And what I had to learn about when I was praying for stuff was... It ain't just me that's affected. Remember at the top where I said when you become a better person, it affects everybody? Well, guess what? When God answers a prayer, it affects everybody. See, everybody got to learn lessons along the way. And maybe he got you going through a little bit more than what it looks like they going through because he never puts more on you than you can bear. And so he puts you in a situation that you can handle. So what you got to do is since God don't synchronize his clock by your little mortal watch, He got a set time that he going to bless you. The key for you is to hold on. That's the key for you is to hold on. Okay. Let me me tell you this. I was going to tell you this. The way to become a millionaire, if you could think of how to become a millionaire, you do it by Friday. You don't have to go that far. All you have to do is think of your God-given gift. All of you have the ability to make, you can charge, all of you can do something, somebody will pay you $10 to do. I don't care if it's cutting grass, doing their hair, painting a wall, babysitting, uh, taking care of the elderly, teaching, tutoring, everybody can do something for $10. This is how I got to this place of success. My jokes were $25 a night. I made that for a long time. Whatever you do to make $10, this gift that God has given you at birth, because God never created a soul, He didn't give a gift to. You. All of you have one. All of you have one. I don't care if it's frying chicken. Some of you fry chicken better than anybody else, make pie, do have something. Do whatever it is for $10. After you make the $10, I want you to do it 10 more times. You'll now have $100. After you make $100, Whatever you did to make the $100, that $10 idea, I want you to do it 10 more times. You're going to have $1,000. Now, it's going to get a little more difficult, but after you make $1,000, whatever you did to make the $1,000, I want you to do it 10 more times. You now have $10,000. Now, now we got to focus now. Whatever you did to make $10,000 that started off with your $10 idea, what I want you to do is focus. I want you to do it 10 times more times you now have a hundred thousand dollars now this is where it gets very very difficult you're gonna have to hire some people you're gonna have to pay some people some money but you take that hundred thousand dollars and you reinvest it and what i want you to do is whatever you did to make the ten dollars that you did a hundred times that turned into a hundred thousand dollars all I want you to do is take that same idea. Don't change nothing. Do it 10 more times. I got news for you. You have just made a million dollars. And all it was was a $10 idea. You do not have to complicate this thing. You don't need an education to do this. You just need the principles of success. I'm telling you, man, I took these $25 jokes and I turned them into a lifestyle. You can take this God-given gift that he gave you and stop thinking of how to make a million. Just go make $10 and do everything 10 times as hard. Now, it's going to be hard. Understand that. It's going to be very hard. But you ain't got nothing else to do. Because let me tell you something about being not successful. Being not successful, that's really hard, too. So you might as well apply yourself to something that has ability. I'm telling you, that's how you make a million dollars. Quit tripping quit tripping. You have the way God has already given it to you to make $10. All you got to do is do it in multiple. That's all anybody do. That's all. It's just 10 people got on Facebook. Then 10 more people. Then 10 more people. Then 10 million got on. Now, now they, they, they got 100 million people on Facebook. Now, just do making billions of dollars. It's the same thing. It's, it's what it is. You have it in you. You just got to apply. And you got to believe that it can happen for you. All right, you ain't got to believe me. I'm just out I'm You know what you should do? Every time you get a chance to experience first class, you should do it because it plants a seed. It's like the next time you buy an airplane ticket, just ask for an upgrade. Pay a little extra money to fly first class. What it does is it conditions your mind. Once you get in first class and you see how wide the seats are, and you you find out why they shut that curtain, see, because they shut that curtain because they can't let you see what's going on up there. They passing out hot nuts. Everybody get a washcloth. They got a menu, you get to decide what you want, all the drinks is free. Once you sit in first class one time, the next time you get on the plane, it's very difficult to walk past in seats. And then your mind starts thinking of ways to get back to first class. And guess what? That's what you start attracting to your life. And you start behaving and producing stuff to get you back into first class. That's how you move up. You just, take, like, like buy you one really expensive outfit. Just see how it fit. That fit is high for a reason. Don't think they're down there just putting prices on Buy a really expensive pair of shoes, lady. Buy a really expensive purse one time. Just go down there, buy the real p- Louis Vuitton that ain't ever on sale. Louis Vuitton don't even have sales. Just get you one. When you carry it, it changes your life. It will then cause your mind to subconsciously produce thoughts to get another one. And next thing you know, you attract the thing you need to produce the outcome that you want. Life is all about the law of attraction. That's how you do it. Just, now just try it. The beginning of being anything is the dream. The beginning of being anything, it starts with a dream. One day, somebody had the dream of being able to fly like a bird. Well, today we have airplanes. Somebody had a dream of one day going into outer space. People go to the moon and they come back. People one day had dreams of being able to travel at high speeds, all types of things. It it all starts with a dream. Martin Luther King had a dream that one day all of us could unite and come together. Well, it's happening. It hasn't fully happened, but it's happening. But it started with a dream. Those dreams are available to each and every one of us. So parents, if you have a child that says something that's beyond the realm of your thinking, don't make it not possible. So when your child says, I'm going to be a star, and you don't really see the talent, they got something in them that you might not know about. They may have a dream and something burning inside of them that you don't know anything about. It all starts with a dream. The Bible says that a man without a dream or a vision shall perish. And that's so true. If you don't have nothing you're working for, nothing you're shooting for, you really have no focal point in life and you wander around aimlessly all the time. So all of you out there, whatever your dream is and dream big, my father used to tell me all the time, he says, son, aim for the moon because if you miss, you'll still be amongst the stars. The bigger you dream, the wider you let your mind fly, the more capable you become of accomplishing the thing. See, you've gotta understand that it doesn't matter your financial circumstance. It doesn't matter what environment you live in. If you can see yourself out of the project, if you can see yourself outside the ghetto wall, if you can, if you can see yourself anywhere, then guess what? See it. See it and believe it to be so. That is the beginning of all things happening. It is your dream and your vision. And let me give you some advice. Don't share all your dreams with everybody because the moment you say something to somebody and they don't see it for you or themselves, they start telling you how it won't happen. Now you allow that into into your mindset when all you was doing was wanting it to be so. And now guess what? Then comes the stumbling blocks, the hurdles, the pits in the road. And now you find yourself trying to Understand what they were saying when all you really had to do was go on with your dream. So when I have dreams or ambitions, I only tell one person. I usually tell my wife. And after that, I don't really share it with a whole lot of people because I know that everybody ain't pulling for me. But I know she is. So I share with her what I'm thinking about becoming and doing and hoping for us and our family. And that's who I tell it to. I don't tell it to my friends, my boys. I don't tell it to my manager. I don't tell it to nobody. Because guess what? They got their own agendas too. Now they don't see it for you because then that's going to get in the way of some plan they had for us and them. And now next thing you know, they working against that because they got another plan. So I don't really share it with people. I share it with my folk and I share it with my God. And that's it. But do dream. If you can't think of what to dream, stop at a magazine stand or a bookstore and flip through magazines and see stuff that you like to have. See places that you like to go. Imagine things that you'd like to be. Sit down and close your eyes and imagine where you would like to be because that is the beginning. It is the dream. There's a whole series of things you got to do to become successful, but just today, I'm just going to stay on this one thing. Do not be afraid to dream. Do not be afraid to think that you can. And remember this, you ain't too old to have a dream. Anybody can dream. I don't care if you're 45, 55 65 you can dream about something it can still happen for you and the younger you start dreaming the better you get at dreaming and when you get good at dreaming then after a while you're gonna have to start making some of this stuff come true and next thing you know you're on your way but it starts with a dream so dream big open up magazines cut them cartoons and them sitcoms off and quit watching soap operas all day and do something that'll stimulate your mind the travel channel the discovery channel Watch a cooking show. Just get into some other things, man. You never know what's inside you. And something may spark a flame that burns in you that you really didn't even know you had. But you got to open up your mind and let it fly. Dream on with your bad self. And don't let nobody tell you that you can't. And the best way to not have a person tell you you can't is to not tell them what you want in the first place. It's your dream. It really ain't got nothing to do with nobody else. Story, maybe you can see some of yourself. Listen, man, anybody can be successful, but you got to understand something. It's hard. It's hard, man. You can take all the courses you want. It's hard. You can go down there to the church and hold your hands in a prayer circle. When you get through praying, it's going to be hard. You go to school, you can get all the degrees you want. When you get them degrees and you hang them on the wall, if you want to be successful, it's going to be hard. It's hard being successful. That's the first thing you need to understand. I was telling you that I lived in a car for three years. In my 30s, I was homeless. I was homeless based off of a decision I made. October 8th, 1985... I walked in a comedy club for the very first time. Never been in a comedy club, but I had been writing jokes for a dude taking my jokes, going to a comedy club. He was paying me $10 for it. I had never been to a comedy club, had never heard of a comedy club. I was writing for a buddy of mine named A.J. Jamal. He would pay me $10 a joke. One day, I was writing some jokes for him, and I was over his house to drop them off, and this girl named Gladys Jacobs came over to the house. And she said, you the dude that's writing the jokes for A.J. Jamal? I said, yeah. She said, he the funniest dude at the comedy club. I said, at the what? She said, he's the funniest dude at the comedy club. I'm 27. I've never heard of a comedy club. Now, all my life, I wanted to be on TV. I'm going to tell you that story a little bit later. But I just said, man... At the comedy club, she said, you should come. She said, why don't you tell the jokes yourself? Now, I'm thinking, I said, man, this could be what I've been asking God my whole life. See, some of you in this spot where you keep asking God, what do I do next? What's my next move? You know the hardest thing about your life? Trying to figure it out. Ain't that hard? (laughs) But do you know that you ain't supposed to do that? Do you know that God already designed you for a purpose in life and if you would just simply ask god what it was he could guide you to it and the search for what i'm supposed to do would be over but oh no we so busy figuring it out i got news for you how to do something the how-to is none of your business that's what i never knew so i was just wanting man to just be on tv since i was a little kid and the girl said come to the comedy club so i go to the comedy club with her she said we're going to go Tuesday night. I want you to sign up to perform next week. And then I want you to see how I go first. I said, cool. So I went. I walked in the comedy club. I signed up for the following week. And I sit down. supposed to be ten dudes perform. Nine of them went up. Now, I ain't laughed all night. She said, you're not laughing at none of these jokes. You know why? Because what they were doing was my actual gift. It was the thing I've been doing my whole life. So I wasn't laughing at their jokes cause I knew everything they was going to say and I knew everything they should have said where the joke would have really been funny. So I'm just sitting there just a student, man. So it got to the 10th guy and they called his name and nobody went up and they called his name again. They said, well, looks like number 10 isn't here. We're going to go to next week's list. Steve Harvey, come on up. I looked at that girl, Gladys. I said, "This crazy. I said, is somebody in here got the same name I got? She said, you really can't be this stupid. She said, boy, that's you. I run up on stage, I ain't got nothing. First thing I say to the audience is, Hey, I appreciate y'all clapping, but I ain't supposed to be here. I'm on next week's show. So the girl Gladys yelled out, tell him about when you was boxing. So on the way down, I had told her this story about boxing. So I did the boxing joke. Mike Tyson loves to fight. Yes, he don't care if it's in the ring or out the ring, man or woman. Mike just wants to get it on. And if you don't think that's true. You just ask that heavyweight fighter, Mitch Green. They, these people was in the flow laughing. So then, I didn't have nothing else. So I had wrote some jokes for my buddy, A.J. Jamal, that I hadn't sold to him yet. So I said, well, hell, let me try these. So I did them jokes. They died laughing. They bought me off stage. They bought all 10 of us up on stage. They had a clap-off. That night, I won the clap-off. I won amateur night, October 8th, 1985. They paid me $50. I get in the car, I'm 40 minutes from my house. Gladys is driving me home. I'm crying the entire time. I can't stop crying. She said, What you crying for? It's just fifty dollars. I said, No, you don't understand. This ain't fifty dollars. I've been born tonight. This ain't fifty dollars. This God answering a prayer of mine that I've been praying for 20 years. This ain't $50. This is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. I went to work the next day, October 8th, 1985, and quit my job. I have done nothing since October 8th, 1985, except one thing. I've been telling these here jokes. That's all I've ever done. That gift that God gave me. You no, know, the Bible says your gift will make room for you. It'll make room for you. See if you're not doing your gift, you're wasting your time. Your gift will make room for you. You've got to identify your God-given gift. If you don't identify your gift, you're going to waste your time. Telling jokes is my gift. So even as a motivational speaker, I use my gift. Nothing's more boring sitting up listening to somebody talk for 45 minutes and you ain't laughing 45 minutes listen if i want to i could turn this into a comedy show i'll promise everybody in here be throwing up if i want to 1968 came off school off of a summer vacation I'm 10 years old. The assignment the teacher had was, everybody in the school class, write your name on a piece of paper and what you want to be when you grow up. I wrote on my paper, I want to be on TV. That's what I wrote. That lady said, turn in your papers. She asked, she went around the room, called everybody's name up. You had to stand while she read your paper. She read off everybody's name. She saved me for last. She said, little Stevie, come to the front. I'm thinking, okay, this is it. I ain't never had a gold star in school in my life. I've never been recognized for academic achievements in my life. I've never got an award of any kind in my life. Here I come, little Stevie coming to the front. I got a belt that's too big. It's tied around me twice. They used to call me tater chip in school because I was shaped like a potato chip. And I walked up there, and I'm standing in front of the class. Now, I told you a minute ago I had a severe stuttering problem in school. I could not talk outside of my house. I stuttered severely. I thought this woman was going to give me a gold star because I figured nobody else in the class had wrote, I want to be on TV but me. So mine must be the best answer of all of them. So I'm standing up there, and that lady started in on me. She didn't call me up there to give me no gold star. She called me to the front to humiliate me. And that lady did me. She said, why did you put something like this on your paper? Now, you've called me to the front. You know I have a stuttering problem. You know I can't talk. So she started, why did you write this on your paper? Who in your family ever been on TV? Who in this school ever been on TV? Who in this neighborhood has ever been on television? She said... Why would you write something like that on your paper? And look at you standing there. You can't even talk. I was crushed. Why would you write that on your paper? You can't even talk. This is a teacher. You're supposed to be shaping and molding my mind. We pay you to educate me. Why would you write something like that on your paper? You'll never be on TV. Every Christmas, I send her a flat screen TV. Because I don't want her to miss me. I wanted her to see what God had done for me. The fact that they don't see the dream. The fact that they don't see what you can be has nothing to do with what God can do. Nothing at all. I don't care who you are, go cut your TV on. You cut your TV on seven days a week. That little black boy with the studying problem, he all over that TV. That little black boy messed around and became a TV star. She didn't see it. How many times have you shared a dream with somebody and they didn't see it? I heard somebody talk about the importance of education and education is critical. You have to be educated. You have to be well-read. You got to be well-versed. There's no way around it. I'm going to make a statement. I don't know how it's going to fly in this room, but here I go. Education is not the most important thing in your life. It's not. I spoke out of school one time and I said that the principal of the school came up and had me removed from the stage. I was just trying to help his students. Education is not the most important thing. Do you know how many people I know with education that ain't working? Do you know how many people I know with degrees ain't got no job? Do you know how many people I know with multiple degrees ain't making no money? The single most important thing in your life is your dream. It's your dream. It's what you dream about. It's in your Bible. It says a man without a dream or vision shall perish. They don't mention education in the Bible. The University of Jamaica is not in the Bible. Without dreams and visions, you can't make it. If you got no dream, if you got no vision, you're sunk. You're done. I'm sorry. I'm just giving you the basics of how to be successful. This is how I got here. I'm going to give you something that changed my life. A very short scripture changed my life. You have not because you ask not. It's in James 4 and 2. Uh Uh-oh, listen to me. I can't even tell you how big that is. Look at me. This is the coldest thing I'm going to tell you today. You have not because you ask not. It's that simple. Most people don't have the life of their dreams because you ain't never asked God, could you have it? You've been trying to do it yourself. You've been trying to figure it out for yourself. How that's been working out for you. Kind of crazy, ain't it? I just told you earlier, you can't figure it out. Ain't no scripture nowhere tell you to figure it out. What you trying to figure your life out for? It ain't yours. You ain't making. You ain't the creator. You ain't got nothing to do with tomorrow. You can't change the past. So what you tripping with your life for? You have not because you ask not. Y'all ain't never asked God, could you be rich? Most people ain't rich today because you ain't never asked God, could you be rich? I asked God every day when I was homeless. My God is faithful and my God is powerful and my God is in charge. At the lowest point of my life, I asked God every day, could I be rich? You know why? Because I had had it up to him with being poor. I lived in a car, dog. I ain't had no backyard. I ain't had no TV. I ain't had no phone. I ain't got no bathroom. I ain't got no sink. I asked God every day, could I be rich? I told God, if you let me make it, would I get that? Every chance I get, I'm going to tell everybody it was you. Here I am. And it was him. It was him. Now you got another route you want to take, go ahead. See, the thing about having faith is you don't need nobody's permission. You don't have to take out a loan. You don't have to get accepted into the course. You can start your faith today. You can start your walk with God today. You ain't got to clear it with nobody. There's plenty of openings, He's available. All you got to do is go. I got rich, and I'm not bragging, but I'm just telling you, I got rich because I asked. It is an amazing scripture. man. If you would only ask, well, Steve, what do I ask for? Everything. You want a relationship with God where God is not only your king. He's your companion. He's your guide. He's your friend. You know how you can tell your friend anything? That's the relationship he's looking for. You ain't got to go to church to get that. You had that at your house. You can have a relationship with God on your own. You got to have that, man. You got to start asking God for big stuff. Stop wasting God's time with all this little stuff. Lord, help me make my rent. Don't he always? Has it ever occurred to you that maybe you should ask God for a mortgage? You ever thought of that? You don't think God got mortgage money? But you know why you don't ask God for the mortgage? Because you keep getting in the way. It says you have not because you ask not. But you say, well, I don't have a job that uh, dictates I would afford a mortgage. I don't make enough money. I got bad credit. You think God don't know that? He said ask. You have not because you ask not. so you rule yourself out of the mortgage simply because you won't ask. Just go ahead and ask God for the house. You think God don't know you need a better job? You block your own blessing because you get in the way of the answer. Just ask God for big stuff. Lord Jesus, help me get out of debt in seven years. Why would you ask God to get you out of debt in seven years? Who do you think you're talking to? Ain't this the same God that made heaven and earth in six days? Why would it take him seven years to get you out of debt? He made heaven and earth in six days. You need seven years from God to get you out of debt. You're crazy. God do big stuff. Ask God for something big. Now, here's a second. The next thing you need to do, Oprah been on TV for 30 years telling people about vision boards. If you don't have a vision board, if you don't have your dreams written down, that's the other reason you don't have it. I just gave you the two main reasons why people don't have the life of their dreams. Number one, you don't ask God for it. And number two, you won't write it down. It has to be written down. You have to write it down. It's a principle of success. Anybody can be successful. You just have to know the principles of success. See, I know the principles of success. I could stop and go start selling tomatoes. And I could go make a lot of money selling tomatoes. You know why? Because I know the principles of success. The second principle you need to know is you have to write it down. But that's the scripture. That's Habakkuk 2 and 2. Write the vision and make it plain, so that he who reads it will run to it. And even though it tarry, wait for it, for surely it will come at an appointed time. I don't know but four-five, but I know four-five good ones don't. Everything I've ever dreamed and asked God for, I'd have wrote it down. Everything I ever had had come from a piece of paper, and everything extra I got come from his grace. I got stuff. He gave me stuff more than on the paper. But see, you ain't got no time for that, though. So here's the exercise I want all of you to do. I'm just telling you how to be successful. This is how I did it. I ain't going to take no course. I don't have no... I flunked out of school. I have no education. Albert Einstein has a quote that changed my life. I'm going to give it to you. Because this is for everybody in this room. Because it's something that we all have and you may have never understood it. Albert Einstein said, Imagination is everything. It's the preview to life's coming attractions. I want you to listen to me now because this this, is going to be my last thing. But this is so good, man. If you can get this right here, this can change it for you. Imagination is everything. It's the preview to life's coming attraction. You know what that means? That means everything you see in this world came from somebody's imagination. Everything. The Wright brothers said, Man, I want to fly like a bird. They laughed him out to jail. See, you've been thinking all this time that your imagination was just some hocus pocus. It ain't. It ain't. I'm finna teach you something now. I want you to hear me on this one. Because this is the most powerful thing that I can tell you today. Albert Einstein had that quote. But Albert Einstein took that quote out the Bible. Albert Einstein took the second half of my mother's favorite scripture. My mother's favorite scripture is, and you've all heard it, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Oh, I'm in front of the right crowd now. I usually tell that to people Maybe be going, what, where is that? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What better message than faith and hope? Why are you sitting in this room trying to get to the next level? Listen to me. There will be no more levels for you unless you get to the next level of your faith. There ain't no more levels for you, partner. You where you at. Your imagination is a preview of a coming attraction God has for you. That's what your imagination is. That's what it's been this whole time. All them times you've been imagining being rich, that wasn't just up there. God put it in your head because that's what he got for you. That big house you keep wanting, God put it in your head because that's what God got for you. That promotion on the job you keep imagining, that's what God put in your head because that's what he got for you. When you keep dreaming of taking a summer vacation somewhere, that's because that's what God got for you. When you dream of retiring one day, having retirement income, it's in your imagination because God put it there. Because that's a coming attraction that God has for you. That's what your imagination is. You've been tripping. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now check this out. The second half of that scripture. And the evidence of things Not seen. Here go the lesson. Your imagination is the evidence of things not seen. You know why it's the evidence of things not seen? Because your imagination—you the only one can see it. Nobody can see your imagination but you. But God places what he has for you in your imagination. After you become an adult, it shouldn't be hope no more. This ought to start turning into some faith. You got to go, man, I done hoped hard enough and God gave it to me. What's the matter with calling it faith? Quit hoping, man. Turn it into faith. Faith is a belief in things that you cannot see. You got to ask God for something. Remember I told you, write it down. Ask for something from God. You don't know how in the world you're going to get it. You know what's on my vision board? Things I have no idea how I'm going to get. That's what ought to be on your vision board. You know how many times you done wrote your imagination off? You know the danger about your imagination? You tell it to the wrong people. That's the danger. You want to kill a big dream? Tell it to a small-minded person. Boy, they'll shoot it down every time, won't they? You know how many... Wonderful ideas you've had. Stuff that God gave to you, you thought was man, this is it. You went in there to your friends and your family and you shared it with them and they shot it down. You know why they shot it down? Because they ain't see it. You know why they ain't see it? Because God ain't give it to them. Because He put it in your imagination. If He'd have wanted them to imagine it, He'd have put it in their head. That's why people can't see what you're gonna be. That's why they're teaching. That teacher mind. Look at you! You're standing there. You can't even talk. How they gonna put somebody like you on TV? Well, lady, what you didn't know was I wasn't gonna stutter forever. You didn't know God was gonna get me over the stuttering, did you? You didn't see it, cause nobody else from 112th Street ever been on TV. You ain't think I'd be the first. You know why? Cause you ain't see it. But well, God didn't put me being on TV in her head. He put it in me. I, he put it in my head. I was just dumb enough to think it could happen. When you going to get dumb enough to think that your imagination is real? If I was you, I'd help me get that stupid. I really would. I know this is a motivational conference. I know you want to hear about some book you can go buy and read. You already got the book. It's at your house. It's the one with the dust on it. Do you know everything you need to know about success is in there? Every self-help book today is written off the principles that's in the Bible. Now, is it good to buy these other books? Yes, it is. But if you got a Bible that's in there, but if you want to buy a book that's based on the Bible, go buy this book called The Magic of Thinking Big. Faith without works is dead. You have not because you ask not. Faith is substance of things hoped for. Write the vision and make it plain. I gave you four right there. That changed your life. Somebody say, well, if you're going to mention to God, you need to stop all these jokes. That's what I do. I tell jokes. I tell jokes for a living. That much money I done made telling jokes. I told the dude when he hired me. I use humor because I hold people's attention with humor. I'm telling you, somebody going to find something wrong with it. Somebody always finds something wrong with what you're doing. Even if it's okay. Somebody always. Man, don't you know I'm used to that? I don't appreciate him talking about the Lord that much. Okay, well, don't have me back. I didn't like the jokes. We're here for motivation. I didn't like the jokes. Go on social media right now. They dogging me about something. But you know what? It don't matter what they say. Because what they say don't matter. Who is these people talking about me? Don't none of them people that's talking about me ever met me. They thumb gangsters. Hey listen. I've told you a lot of things. I hope you grasp some of it. I want you to know that I was really honored to be here. I pray I ask God what to go tell the people I come out here without the paper and I tell you what God told me to tell you I hope I've encouraged you I hope I've reminded you of some things I hope I've shared some light I hope that you all live the life of your dreams because it's possible God is in to make your dream come true business I told you what he did for me what he did for me he will surely do for you. Hey, I love y'all. Thank y'all very much. I've discovered that your career is what you paid for. Your calling is what you made for. Sharing my story, if it helps another person get to where they want to be in life, wherever that is, I think that's, that's, that's a pretty good deal. I mean, I've evolved over the years. I've never been afraid to reinvent myself.